This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. I'm Sir Fool. Sir Fool plays on Mixer, right? Why don't you tell everybody yes. about your uh, streaming channel? Mm-hmm. Uh, really, it's just a lot of Let's Plays, mostly with my wife. We're playing a lot of Apex. I always place first-person shooters. I hardly ever stray from that. And it's just mostly just to record the good times when I party up with friends. Very cool. Are you going to hop on the Halo train? Yes, definitely. Got to get the Halo grind in before Infinite comes out. <laughs> mm-hmm. There you go. Um, obviously, you guys know who we are, so I'm not going to even bother telling you about us. Uh, today, <laughs> before we get into our quick topics, today we're going to be talking about the pricing cost or the, the speculation on pricing for the Xbox Series X and the PS5. So <laughs> this is not clickbait. We are going to have a discussion about that, but we're going to talk about some quick topics first, starting with Nintendo Switch Online. The NES SNES library has reached 80 total games now. This is so cool. I really like the fact that Nintendo's doing this. Yeah, the old retro games on the on this online service. It's pretty sweet. And it's cool to see the games from like childhood, like all mm-hmm. free on the service for twenty dollars a year. It's like this is the best thing that's ever happened on an online service. Maybe. <laughs> for sure, it, it's it's showing that there's an audience for it because the numbers show. Mm-hmm. And they just keep adding to it, which is so cool. And there's like online play involved, and yeah, it's really unprecedented to have this level of uh, involvement on an online service that costs twenty dollars. Yeah, it really is, and it's really nice seeing Nintendo do something like this because normally they would just resell these games back to you. <laughs> and I mean, the amount of times I've bought like you know Super Mario Brothers, <laughs> it's like it's ridiculous. So it's nice to see that like, games like this are just coming out and. They're essentially free for that 20 bucks a year. That's really cool. And then uh, our second little topic here, it's also a Nintendo topic. I'll let Will introduce this guy. Yeah, so Animal Crossing it is selling like bonkers right now. And the thing is, is the is it selling that well because of the current situation? Just because it's Animal Crossing or a combination? Yeah, and I guess it's actually at... Um... It surpassed the best-selling Animal Crossing game of all time, which was a 3DS game, remember, which um, mm-hmm. you know, per- perfect console for like an Animal Crossing type game because the graphics yep. are not they're not super complicated, right? It's just like, you know, uh, little animals that are roly-poly and interesting shapes. Mm-hmm. Um, with the well, I know town. why this one's outselling it. It's because they can jump over the creeks now. That's it. That's all they had to do. <laughs> that's, all, that's all they had to do is add the pole vault. <laughs> yeah. Now, I will be honest, this is a game series that I've never really been interested in, to be entirely honest. Um, yeah. I've only played one version <laughs> of it. It was the GameCube game. Um, okay. And that was... I, I liked it. I did like what they had going on. I just... I can't bring myself to buy a game like this again. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan, to be honest, of the of this kind of a sim game. I, I realize that might be a terrible way of putting what this is, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I... I I'm not a huge fan of the series, but I understand the appeal to a lot of people. Obviously, oh, yeah. a lot of people are into this. So, I didn't get into it too much as myself as well. My wife, on the other hand, has really gotten into it, and she even got me talked into starting my own little camp in there. <laughs> She's got this giant mansion, and then I'm just this tiny little tent that she put me off in the corner so I didn't get in the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's really like um, a, a more friendly version, uh, kid-friendly version of The Sims, is how I would describe it, with some extra world exploration and world building. For sure. Um, but it's crazy. I can't believe how many sales it's had, and this is mm-hmm. two, mo- two months, 13.5 million sales. 
Yeah, it's crazy. That's it, and on one system too. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's it's the fastest selling. Unless Smash Bros is faster, I think it's actually the fastest selling Switch game of all time so far. Hmm. Do you know what the actually? Do you know what the best selling game on the Switch is right now? No. Pokemon. Nope. Mario it Kart. is yeah Mario Kart. Yep, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. Really, Mario Kart still holds twenty five million sales. Yeah, it's, crazy. It's, it's just it was going essentially out. just re released too, which is yeah. even more crazy. I think second place is Odyssey, and maybe third place was. Let's look it up. I'm curious. Zelda now. is not that high up there, which is so surprising because that Breath of the Wild was an amazing. It's game. got over ten million sales too, though. I don't think it's number three though. No, I think it's. Maybe Smash Bros. I think Smash Bros. is definitely outselling Zelda. So it's either Smash or... Because they hyped up Breath of the Wild so much. Well, Breath of the Wild is... Out, yeah, it's still it's selling. Game. Oh, Smash Bros. is second. I take it back. Breath of the Wild is three. I was oh, right. Oh, wow. I'm so surprised by that. It beat Odyssey, or Odyssey and it are tied, essentially. Okay. Yeah, Breath. I think the hype of Breath of the Wild 2 has increased sales of Breath of the Wild again. Yeah, all of these games are ahead of Pokemon, Sword and Shield. Look at that. They had to combine them together to get 17.3 million. That's <laughs> kind of sad because those are separate games. Mm-hmm. And then and then sixth, already number six is Animal Crossing New Horizons. That yeah, well, is I mean, it's nuts. not sad. It's still 17 million sales. That's, oh, that's yeah, crazy. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, when you think about it, they've combined the sales of both sides of the Pokemon games to get to mm-hmm. 17.3. And I would bet you any money Sword has sold a lot more than Shield. No, it's a sword. It sounds it's a shield. <laughs> well, and I know Indy Timmy, if he watches this video, he'll be like, I bought shield. Because <laughs> he did that like, last time. It's like, calm, calm down. <laughs> All right. All right, Will, calm down. Yeah, he got downgraded. I'm still mad he changed my Pegasus. I would totally be a Pegasus. I think it's oh, way cooler. <laughs> stop, stop. Okay. So the main topic is going to be xbox series x versus the ps5 and all the speculation around it so what i'm going to do is i'm going to give you guys a little synopsis i wrote up here and then we'll have a discussion all right so it's been rumored heavily the xbox series x should cost more than 400 dollars, if not more than 500 dollars, based on the components they've put inside it it's also been rumored that the ps5 should cost at least 400 dollars, if not pushing 500 as well also mm-hmm. based on the same reasons components and development costs i heard they might actually go up to 600 that would be a mistake, but we'll get to that later. Um, okay. Neither company wants to launch their console at a price tag higher than their competition. There's a history proving that the $100 difference can be all that's required to kill off the competition. For example, the 5th gen, the Sega Saturn, was at $399, where the Sony PlayStation was at $299, with the famous $299 mic drop speech, and the Nintendo 64 was at $199, so $200. The 6th gen, the Sega Dreamcast, $199. Sony PS2, $299. Nintendo GameCube, $199, and the Xbox, $299. And that's a weird generation because the mm-hmm. PS2 is the best-selling console and it was $100 higher than both the Sega and the Nintendo console. That was because it was the cheapest DVD player. Yeah. <laughs> and that definitely helped the sales. Um, I totally forgot about that detail. <laughs> <laughs> then you go to the 7th gen. The Sony PS3 retailed at a price tag of $499, and that was the lowest-priced version of the PS3, with the Nintendo Wii coming in at $249, and the Xbox 360 coming in at $299. PS3 right out the gate just fell flat. It sold pretty good right on day one, and then, like, flatlined. 
because... It came out a year it, after, too, didn't it? After the 360? It did. The 360 had a year up, um, but the Wii and the PS3 came out in the same weekend, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Or the, within a week. Different. Within a week or the same weekend. I can't remember for sure, but I know Adam Korlek detailed it in one video where he said, I bought a Wii this, this day and then a PS3 this day and sold them all on eBay. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um... But the PS3 being $100 more expensive, right? No, $200 more expensive mm-hmm. than the 360. That was a horrible mistake on Sony's part. Well, the first one they launched with was 600 No, that was the... So the base model, the cheap model was 499 I looked this up. Yeah, well. but the, the one that everyone would want, though, was 600 yes, that the was 60, the one that actually the had memory. Gig, the 60 gig versus the 20 gig. Yeah. It also did it, not have Wi-Fi. The, that was the famous uh, get a second job comment, wasn't it? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think you're right about that one. Um, <laughs> but that the was not a good choice. <laughs> no, nope. Um, the PS3 though, the 499 model launched without Wi-Fi. Uh, the built-in Wi-Fi model was the 600 or yeah, 600 model. Um, and then we have the eighth gen. And famously, the PS4 right out the gate came out swinging with a 399 price tag versus mm-hmm. the Xbox One, which offered little to no. Uh, little to no incentive for paying an extra $100 because the only thing you got additional than the PS4 didn't have was that Kinect camera. And yeah, it was a less powerful system and you had to connect. And also they said it was not going to have like no like offline play and it was just awful. <laughs> and then, and then Mr. Metric, you know, Don Metric, oh, gosh. said, um, we already have an, a not online system, the Xbox mm-hmm. 360. Like, way to stick it to the fans. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that was a mistake. I'm glad they got Phil Spencer in there now. Mm-hmm. Um, He's doing phenomenal work oh, for yeah, Microsoft yeah. now. Phil Spencer, come on the podcast. Anyways, yeah, um, definitely. I'll lose my mind. <laughs> can I come uh, back on for that one? <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. You can come back on. All right. Um, so, with all that being said, you can look at it, right? The fifth gen, the Sega Saturn died being $100 more expensive. Um, that was, did I say fifth or sixth? Fifth gen. The sixth gen, the PS2 cheapest DVD player, that was a factor. So we're not going to mm-hmm. count that one. But then the seventh gen, the PS3 basically died on arrival, being two hundred more, two hundred dollars more expensive than the base model of the 360. And mm-hmm. then the eighth gen, the Xbox One, also hundred dollars too expensive, or not hundred dollars too expensive. Perceived expense was a hundred dollars too expensive versus the PS4. And you can see the results right there with the PS4 selling over a hundred million consoles, with the Xbox One somewhere between forty and fifty million. Yep. It might have crossed the fifty million mark. I really don't. I know. think it's around there. It's hard to tell they haven't actually released any official numbers. But I think that they did publish it recently. Let me see if they've got it on here. I thought somebody posted it the other day. I thought it was between fifty and sixty. Actually, now that I'm thinking. Well, I bought two of the damn things, so that should have helped. <laughs> I have three uh, in my house. <laughs> do you? Nice. 50 million in Q3 2019. So I think the estimate is somewhere between 50 and 60 right now. Yeah. They're saying that the Switch is likely to surpass the Xbox One. Oh, yeah. Within a year. Um, I would be surprised if it didn't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's close if it hasn't already. Uh, So here's what I want to say right out the gate. Before we get into our arguments, where do you think these consoles will be priced at? What's your take, Will? All right. So I've read that. Uh, basically, wherever uh, wherever Sony places their console, Xbox is going to undercut it. 
So say if they have it at 500, Xbox is going to be at 450 or 400. And honestly, like every indication, I think I've read that several different sources. Like sort of, if you listen to their comments about the pricing, they have essentially said they're waiting for Sony. So it makes sense that that's what their plan is. And also, Sony undercut them last time, and it cut, they cut them with their pants down because they they thought that Sony was also going to be at 500 bucks. So they thought that they had the added added incentive of the Connect, whereas Sony ended up undercutting them by 100 bucks and also had a more powerful console. So this time, <laughs> I think they're just going to bite the bullet and lose, like you know, 60 to 100 dollars on every console and hope that people just buy the software, and also like the subscription services like Game Pass. What's your take, Dave? Uh, I totally agree with Will. Uh, definitely, 450 is going to be their bottom line. I don't think you'll see any either of those consoles going any lower than that. Uh, everything I've heard personally is rumored one of them is going to be at least 600. And with Xbox waiting for PlayStation to make the first move, you're going to see PlayStation trying to compensate for that by going 550, 500. Mm-hmm. And this might be the last console generation with pricing wars you're going to see Xbox starting to make a move for more of a PC foundation hold up did Austin accidentally leak something in this video hold on look at this you've got me peaked now Yeah. what's this on the bottom left here Xbox uh, X's, One X's. I can't tell. I can't tell either. Is that is that the rumored less powerful Xbox One or Xbox Series X console? Uh, Series S. No, it looks like an, it looks like a One X, but I can't tell. I can't tell either. It's, it's pretty blurry. I wonder. Well, he maybe I'll he's. Look it up. Yeah, I don't know. If it, it is, that'd be phone. that'd be pretty interesting if he accidentally leaked it in the video. <laughs> I am curious what the, the other... No one has said anything about it, so I feel like it can't be. See, I, I I'm think... I'm curious what the new Xboxes are going to look like, or the, the lower-powered It'll just be, it'll just be a half-size cube instead of a full-size, like, you know, I uh, they don't cylinder. Want consoles. <laughs> Call it the X-Cube. <laughs> the X-Cube? Oh, my gosh, that'd be awesome, though. Xbox Series C. <laughs> um, I, I, so here's my thought process, all right? If, if PlayStation waits too long to put a price tag out there... I think Xbox will just say $400 and then Sony will have to price it at 400 because there's no way they go 300. Um, and then as soon as they say, we're going to, we're going to match the Xbox's price, then Xbox says, but we also have this cheaper one at 250. Yeah. I mean, that's what game like, one uh, it's over. and Eurogamer has been predicting that they're going to have the two that straddle the PlayStation. So one's going to be more expensive because it's more powerful and then one's going to be less because it's less powerful. But I hope that they don't do that. I no, I think Xbox is gonna say our console is more powerful than the PS five is four hundred dollars. That's it. That's they're just gonna say three ninety nine. And then Sony is gonna have to really bite the bullet and say three ninety nine and then Xbox is still gonna up, hit them with the uppercut and say, But we also have this cheaper console at two fifty. Mm. I think that's that what, or, or even three hundred. Waiting so long too is they know Xbox has that lower grade console coming later on to follow up. Yeah, I'm sure they have. Also, it says prototype. I have no idea what that is. It could just be the X One Xbox One X prototype. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. It looks cool though. I'm curious. Um, I'm curious what those are, but obviously, or it's a dev kit. It could be. 
Oh yeah, it does say prototype, you're right. Huh. Prototype, yeah, that's gotta be the prototype Xbox One X. Yeah, probably. But I love this video because he like literally goes through and shows you how the Xbox Series X is assembled. Every little mm-hmm. component. It's such a cool video, and uh, I know I've plugged this before when we covered Austin Evans on this channel, but this is such a great video. Such a great marketing campaign by Microsoft. I think Microsoft is going to announce they bought uh, Nintendo. (laughs) (laughs) And all of the Halo games are going to be on Switch. There you go. Master Chief's going to be on Smash Brothers. Yeah. So (laughs) I know that this is kind of hard to believe, but Sony, given they have like a bajillion studios and different, different various industries they're involved in, makes less money than Nintendo. Yeah, well, I mean... Nintendo I know Sony has been a, struggling for a long time. Nintendo being a basically just a gaming company with, you know, the various apparel and toys and Amiibos. I mean, they're basically just a gaming and kids company, essentially. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I say that not in, like, a insulting it's for kids, Nintendo, no. I say it in, like, uh, they market their stuff to be kid-friendly, but also have depth, and their first-party titles are awesome. But I digress. Nintendo being a basically games, toys, and software company makes more money than Sony every year, which is insane. Yeah, until Disney buys Sony. (laughs) That ain't going to happen. Disney is reeling right now. They're, They're hemorrhaging money on their parks. Because they've been yeah, closed well, for so long. I mean, long. I guess when you're worth, you know, trillions of dollars, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't want to talk about that. Um, the so the pricing, my guess is they, they both come in at four hundred dollars, and then Xbox hits them with the uppercut, goes two fifty with mm-hmm. their their lower tier console. Or somehow Sony says three fifty, and then Microsoft's like, "All right, we weren't going to do this, but we're going to price match." <laughs> Yeah. I think I think if Sony somehow comes out the gate with a lower price, like just somehow pulls it off, Microsoft will just price match. Yeah. I think I think you're right. I think they'll price match or I mean what happens if they have both consoles or under Sony's console? Yeah, I don't know. Oh man, that'd be bonkers. <laughs> wait, wait, repeat I'm that? Th- I'm trying to think the words here. Uh I'm thinking if they really do go as low as 350, I, I, I highly doubt it because I mean they they were already having issues with getting the hardware that they needed because a lot of their providers they, they uh, Sony and Microsoft use the same providers for their consoles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's it'll be interesting. I'm really interested to see where these prices are going to land. I'm getting yeah, impatient. <laughs> I think these companies, I mean, PS4 has put Sony in the lead for the going into the next generation, although Nintendo is slowly closing that gap with the Switch. Um, I, I think I think this year the Switch will see a slowdown in sales towards the end of this year. And then depending on how these consoles perform out the gate, the Switch could actually see a, um, a redemption arc following that the next year. Where, oh, look, these consoles came out, they're $400, $500, but hey, I'm still playing my Switch. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. who knows? We'll have to see. I do still want to know, and I, 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 this was heavily rumored, that whether the Xbox Series X will have the ability to have full-blown Windows applications on it. Because if it can yeah, replace your too. desktop, 
if they can replace a gaming desktop somehow, that would be a huge benefit for selling it. Yeah, all of, I mean, all of uh, Microsoft's first-party games are going to be on PC anyway, so, I mean, you wouldn't have to make two versions of the game if you just play on uh, Xbox One just like it would or the Xbox just like the PC. And, and we that's know. my theory for the future of Xbox is they're going to stray away from the term console and you're going to be five years from now for the next generation you're going to be talking about the Xbox as a, as a PC like what Alienware is today. Or like Xbox platform. Yeah. Like Xbox exactly will be that. a platform that runs on PC. It'll have dedicated hardware. You know, that, that'll be how they describe the next-gen console. Dedicated Xbox hardware. Yep. As long as I can still play with the controller, I don't care. Yeah, I'm still using <laughs> this guy. You know what? So I was playing on my 360 the other day, and those Best controller the joysticks ever. are so stiff compared to the Xbox One. Dude, I love the 360. There will never be a better controller than the Xbox wired Xbox 360 controller. Hold up. N64. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Clearly, I, Series Two is pretty great. I have my, I have the tension on my joysticks turned all the way up. It's the exact same as the 360 controller. Is it? Oh, it feels fantastic. I I cannot get away from a wired controller. I've had way too many connectivity issues over the years with wireless controllers. Like for example, I paired my PS4 controller with one of my uh, mobile my phone. Really, so that's what I did because they added that ability in the next uh, mm-hmm. iOS operating system. I wanted to play Oceanhorn on my phone and see how well it would work or play PS4 remotely. Well, then I tried to use it on my PS4 again, and holy cow, it took me a half an hour to repair it with my PS4. Never, ever disassociating a PS4 controller from my PS4 ever again. Yeah, I have no problem with my, my Xbox controller. I, do, I link it to my um, PC and back to the Xbox all the time. And my PC doesn't have built-in Bluetooth, so that hurts it. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, that's rough. Mine doesn't have Bluetooth as well. I have to plug mine in for to work on PC. And then I just don't. I, what I don't like about doing that with a PC is the micro USB connection of the controller feels very flimsy to me. Anyway. Yeah, I have no opinion. I don't have the the cord. So have you ever? They, they updated the cord for the Series Two, and it's a okay. lot more sturdy. It feels a lot. It it doesn't feel like it's going to break off. I know exactly what you're talking about, though. That was what made me afraid of buying the Hyperkin Duke controller uh, was that micro USB. I was like, man, mm-hmm. they could have upgraded this to USB-C. No problem. But uh, we're getting a little off topic here. <laughs> oh, yeah. What were we talking about? <laughs> so I guess the last thing. Um, what's the most important feature besides pricing on these consoles? Games. Cross-platforming. Like Fortnite or Apex or those kinds of things? If developers aren't making their games completely cross-platform, they're just they're throwing money into the fire. Except for first-party titles, right? Like, you know, Halo, which is on uh, Steam. Right. Now. Yeah, you're gonna have your exclusives. That's gonna be your, you know, your Seller. teetering point for your, you know, your uh, dedicated fans. But anything that's on on both consoles, they need to make it cross-platform. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree, because if Nintendo and Microsoft can play cross-platform with Minecraft and Sony plays Walled Garden again, there's no way that people who strictly play Minecraft would ever buy that console. And there are those people that buy consoles for the upgrades to Minecraft. I have found a few people like that. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm like, you should just get a dedicated PC at that point. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, but I guess the biggest, I think the biggest thing for me at launch uh, is that they better have a couple exclusive games that get me pumped for that console. Now, yeah, definitely. If I mean, I'm probably still going to buy a Sony product because I'm locked into a couple games that are only on Sony products. And now that Halo's coming to PC, I have no reason to buy an Xbox, which is sad because <laughs> I love the Xbox systems. I think they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Persona only comes to Sony, so... I've actually made that decision. I'm As, as of right now, I'm not interested in the next generation. I'm going to dedicate this generation to upgrading my PC and you know, starting to grow my library on there. Yeah. Okay. That's definitely a decision that is makeable at this point, considering that a lot of console games have come to PC. Yep. And also, uh, Microsoft has said, uh, for at least their first-party games, a lot of them will be on Xbox One at the same time. So I don't have a huge incentive to buy anything. But honestly, if they finally give me the Fable game that I've wanted for the last <laughs> decade... Please, I will please, reward please, them please. for that. I forgot yeah, about like, this. <laughs> like, I will buy that game. I will buy that console just for that game. Will you finally have somebody on the show that's as into Fable as you are? Oh, I can't get enough of Fable, man. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Give I me love, more. I love if they launch, if they say the Xbox Series X is launching with an exclusive Fable title, which of you guys are buying this console? I'm buying it immediately. Fable's showing up on PC, so I'll probably still stick with PC. What if they said no PC? Then then I I don't have a choice. (laughs) They're (laughs) twisting my arm at that point. Yeah, I'd buy I honestly would pre-order it today if they announced it. What if they had been waiting so long for that game? A Fable Anniversary Collection where they had one, two, and three. They can leave three out and just give me one and two. (laughs) Are you are you as hating on Fable Three as Will is? Um, you know, I'm actually unpopular opinion with that. I'm not. I'm definitely not saying three was the best one, mm-hmm. but I did like a lot of the mechanics that they introduced in three, and I felt like yes. they just kind of took it in the wrong direction. We we need to have a, a dedicated podcast just to this topic because I every time we bring it up, I really want to get into it and understand why you and Chris <laughs> enjoy that All game. Right, if we have time at the end, we'll film a Saturday segment and just talk about fate. Okay. Okay. As always, I'm Chris, and I'm Will. I'm Sir Fool, and we're gonna see two consoles at four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. At least. Um, and we will see you on the next Coolcast. Bye, guys.
This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. I'm Sir Fool. Sir Fool, why don't you tell everybody about your channel, your uh, Mixer channel? Uh, I primarily stream on Mixer. A lot of first-person shooters. Uh, normally partied up with some friends, and that's basically the main point, is just to capture the good times. Yeah, however, you're a huge Fable fan, so you should stream some Fable. I do need to get back on Fable. I really do. I started that, oh man, at the beginning of the year, and just... <laughs> I dropped the ball and I haven't gotten back into it. You should uh, consider uploading your... Uh, can you can you download your stuff off Mixer after you record it? I can, but it takes up a lot of space. Well, the, just don't keep it on your computer. Download it and then directly upload it to YouTube. Have like a backlog on there. I should do that. I'm terrible with keeping up on things like that. Because <laughs> by, by the end of the night when I get off, I'm tired. <laughs> Anyways, um, definitely go check them out on Mixer. Go to Mixer.com slash S-U-R-F-O-O-L-P-L-A-Y-S. Sir Fool plays with a U instead of an I. All right. We're here on... Think simple. Exactly. (laughs) We're here on Tuber Tuesday (laughs) (laughs) to talk about our friends over at dot slash frag. And uh, if you've never heard of these guys... That's all you know is that clip that we just saw. Him eating the Snickers. Yep. <laughs> that is pretty hilarious. He's just um, mowing down on it too, man. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are super cool. They've been they've actually mm-hmm. been watching our videos as long as we've been watching their videos, which is near on, I don't know, six months to a year at this point. I remember they commented on our ranking the Halo games, which was what, last September with Nerd Talk <laughs> yeah, Dan? Yeah, it's been a while, yeah. Shout out to Nerd Talk Dan. Um mm-hmm. And he put they put like the longest comment we had ever seen on any of our videos up until that point, and like went through detail after detail. This is why I disagree with you, and this is why I agree with you. And I was like, "Whoa, this is awesome!" (laughs) It's like I didn't, I've never seen that kind of engagement prior to that. I was like, "Wow, we made it, Mm -hmm. guys, we made it." No, (laughs) but uh, these guys are really cool. They do let's plays. Um, I'm gonna go on my script now. So they have 476 subscribers. They created their channel back on December 19, 2013, um, but I don't believe they've been doing the channel that long. I think they've only been doing it a little over a year. Um, the channel has okay. 13,982 views, um, and you can get to their channel by going youtube.com slash D-O-T-S-L-A-S-H-F-R-A-G, that's dot slash frag, or, you know, they shortened it up to this dot slash frag. I am curious where that name came from. So when they watch this video, please comment and let us know where that name came from. All right. Um, Says we are dot slash frag, a group of friends bringing laughter and entertainment to the world through video games. Come stay a while. New videos at 10 a.m. every day. Also watch live on Sundays, 8.30 p.m. to 2 a.m. Holy cow. Um, (laughs) Sometimes Monday through Thursday, 4 to 6. Join the discussion at their discord. I'm not going to lie. I don't join people's discords. Everybody's got too much stuff going on in their discords. I just mm-hmm. can't, I can't Discord is so confusing. It. I have um, like four people in my discord. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll join that one. I could actually keep up with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never post anything. Yeah, I'm in the like, Perfect. one. And, oh my gosh. There's like a thousand messages. I, I don't read any of them. I'm in like six other channels and I talk in two of them. There you go. I'm in like 10 and I probably just hit Marcus red every day and then just move on. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. That's basically what I do. <laughs> that slash frag. All right. That slash frag. What are they known for? They're known for let's plays with friends. Let's plays with a kind of mini commentary slash review, long form discussions. Their now we gaming segment 
and then they do miscellaneous real life slash vlog slash challenge style videos. I put those all together because they do so few of them that they're all kind of one category to me. It's almost like a vlog style thing. Um, so their first slash oldest video, the first video on their channel as it exists today, because they may have had a rebrand at some point. I don't know. Because a lot of these older channels, like 2013, you know, if they if they started something a year ago in 2019, there may have been other things on the channel at one point in time. I'm not going to speculate on that. We're just going to talk about the oldest video on the channel. I just want to pause and say they started out with a super cool intro. Like, mm-hmm. I do not have the graphical skills to do something like that. <laughs> I don't know where it came from. That's well, awesome. I caught my attention right off the bat when I started watching. Yeah, and it goes in such a happy game, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. Banjo Kazooie. So, the first video is Banjo Kazooie. It's got 168 views. I think I'm at least three of those um, because I've clicked oh. on this video several times. Uh, let's see. And they started out good. They had comments. Oh, it took a while, though, because five months ago they got their first comment on this video. All right. But, yeah, so they started off pretty good. 168 views. It's a Let's Play of Banjo-Kazooie. And they do it. They actually have it formatted in a way that I like because they got part one. It's so easy to say, okay, where's part two? Then you Mm -hmm. go find it on the channel. Um, This is a format that I appreciate on a Let's Play channel because it splits each piece up. Spiral Mountain, Banjo-Kazooie, part one. Yep. And they have a. Yeah, name when you're for actually it. looking something up, like say you're trying to find like a collectible or something in that particular part of the game, this is so much easier to look it up this way than if someone has like kind of like a creative title to the section that you don't really know what you're about to watch. Like um, Banjo Kazoogles. Like what? Yeah. What is this? It's like, <laughs> yeah, maybe for like when you already have like a lot of views or viewers, you know they know what you're they're getting into. But if someone yeah. is actually trying to find like gameplay of that section, it's impossible. You have a title like that. I also like how he puts his face over the faces. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I honestly didn't catch that the first time, but that is funny that his face is right there. This is a great opening to a channel like this. I have to say, I, I applaud this opening for a channel like this. Um, but now we're gonna get to their most popular video, and this isn't really the review part. I'm just warning you. I just, I just thought it was amazing. They started off with a video of that quality. A lot of times we go back and we see like you know like hidden experience like uh, stuck him across the map with a sticky and it was like fourteen seconds long and it's like mm-hmm. what? <laughs> All right, sort by oh, or I just did oldest. I want most popular. Whoops. All right, cool. Here's Johnny. Let's play Moonlight Mansion. I've never heard of this game. Mm-mm. Have you heard of it? No idea. Okay. <laughs> um, I was kind of surprised that a game that I've never heard of like this was their most popular video. But maybe it's so obscure that they have one of the few videos on YouTube doing a yeah, Let's maybe. Play of it. Um, but this is their most popular video. It's got 510 views now. And they put it out recently. So to me what that says is the quality of the videos has been maintained or gotten greater. Because as mm-hmm. your audience grows, your viewer, your viewership grows... So they're getting about as many views as they have subscribers, and that's saying something. And I appreciate the Deadpool hoodie. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. We're going to start with uh, Dave, and he's going to tell them what they like about this, what you like about this channel. Build them up before we break them down. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, the thing I liked about them is their Let's Play approach to their games. Um, I've actually only watched the two 
videos that you put in the outline. Uh, I definitely want to come back and watch them some more, but I can relate to them because most of my game gaming on Mixer is Let's Plays, so it's a nice laid back, nothing's really expected, and I really like how they just kind of keep things moving. Actually, in the beginning of this uh, this video, they were having some controller problems, and they just rolled with the punches, <laughs> and they, they, they didn't lose track of what they were trying to do, and mm-hmm. as soon as they got on it, it was business as usual, and I commend them for that. <laughs> and they didn't cut anything out of it either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, and the thing I absolutely love about it, they're it's just the two of them, and then their little logo in the corner. I hate it when other people have just stuff all over their screens. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. That's going to be one of my the game. Yeah, you got to have your. I, I think there's a um, conversation you have to have before you start. How much space can I take up before the gameplay is is disfigured by me being on it? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You have to have some yeah. kind of balance. I think you're on your mixer channel. You have a pretty good balance between where you are on the camera and where the the gameplay is. I was actually I was I was even smaller in the corner before, and then my wife told me you need to make yourself bigger. People can't see you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to obscure the gameplay, but at the same time, mm-hmm. like, you, you got to sell your personality if you want to build an audience. And these guys do a great job selling their personality. Their back and forths are hilarious. Um, they're engaged with their audience. Like when people comment, they're on top of it. They always comment back. You know, like they like it. They comment back. You know, like comment back. And that's something you have to do in the beginning. If your engagement sucks and you have a small channel, mm-hmm. people aren't going to want to keep coming back. They they come to a small channel, and by small I mean less than a thousand subs. Anything a thousand or bigger, in my opinion, is a pretty big channel. You know, because we're not there yet. Um, <laughs> uh, but. I think that's a really important thing is to engage with what your core audience is, maintain that relationship as you get, build the channel up over time. And these guys do a fantastic job. They reach out to people on Twitter. They message people. They message devs. They do indie stuff. These guys are really good at communication. That's something I, I wish I was even as – like. I think they're better than even me, and I'm, I'm decent at communication. <laughs> Just ask Will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right, Will, what do you like about their channel? All right, I mean, it's going to be kind of retreading what you guys already said. Just going back to the description, it's like, let's uh, plays with friends. And it's definitely the vibe that they give off. Uh, they have uh, just like, I don't know, so you're playing with, with your buddies. I do like, if you go to the very beginning of this video, um, it, it ties into like how much of the screen that they're taking up. I like how they start off, they're much bigger there, and as soon as they get into the game, they like become smaller and they go into the corners. Uh, that transition actually was like very pleasing to me. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's like I don't know, uh, pleasing to my eyes. I see that that happened. And I think it was what less player, just like um, what Dave was saying. Sorry about my camera. Uh, is that some less players take up the whole screen and these guys don't? And I'm always torn on whether or not I actually want to see the less player or not. Um, and I think it's tying to Chris's comment that when you have a good personality, I think I'd rather see you. Uh, whereas if you don't have a great personality, I don't want to see you. So like I, I like these guys. So, like I'm, I'm cool with them. Like taking up the corners, um, and I think they they really have found their stride right now. That is going to get some more viewers. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, what's something you can't actually take away from them this week, Will? What do you mean? What's something you can't make a comment for your uh, improvement this week? 
Oh, <laughs> yes. So I almost always say you need to have a more regular upload schedule. But these guys are on it. <laughs> they are on top <laughs> of upload definitely, schedule. Definitely, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they have an upload schedule that's even crazier than ours. Like ours mm-hmm. is five days a week, every day of the week. Um, you know, other than Saturday, Sunday, occasionally Saturday, Sunday, but these guys are boom, 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 boom every day of the week. It's like, holy cow. I can't imagine doing a, like scheduling with somebody every day of the week, a let's play like this is like, wow, these guys are dedicated. Yep. I want to see their backlog (laughs) for the days (laughs) they can't make it. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. I would imagine they have some extra recordings here and there that they can throw up if they have to. Um, so now we're going to talk about some things that we want them, that we would love to see them improve upon. Uh, well, what, what do you got? Honestly, I don't know. I, I, I've been thinking about this all week. I'm having a hard time actually saying what I would improve. I have a hard time with less players just because it usually just comes down to what games you're covering. So, I mean, you already have the personality. I like the fact you're not taking up the screen. You already have the upload schedule, like Chris was saying. Yep. <laughs> um, and now just covering more of the games that I'm interested in, which is really, it's a personal taste. So if you find like the niche of audience you like, or you're finding the games that people are interested in that um, you're, you are also interested in. That's definitely important so that you also enjoy the games that you're playing. Um, I don't have much to, to add to that. <laughs> I mean, I would love for them to start playing like Halo and Fable. And, and I like, was just going to stop you. Stop, stop for a second, Will. They did okay. Halo 2 Anniversary the day it came out. Yeah, so, yeah, I saw it. I just want them to be, like, exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that was actually a huge, huge advantage is mm-hmm. um, given the situation we're in, they had some extra time, I think, to just hop on and do Halo the day it launched. Yeah. Um, so that was that was great. That was a great idea to, to hop on and capitalize on that. Oh, yes. Um, but I think the problem they ran into, though, is they were streaming at the same time as Hidden Xperia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was... Anyways, um <laughs> Dave, why don't you go? Because I, I got I got a comment, but I'll wait till you give yours. Yeah. Um. So, hey, YouTube's definitely your guys' wheelhouse. So I'm. I feel like I'm nitpicking here. But you know, just scrolling down the list over here. I feel like the thumbnails are a little on the busy side, and that's fair. I'm. I'm a very simple human being. <laughs> <laughs> Big letters catch my attention. All right. So that's all I need. Uh, oh, I when, see what you're saying. When they when they start, you know, putting their faces in different places and over the pictures of the video games, I don't even know what game I'm looking at because I'm not reading the. Me personally, I'm not reading the title underneath the picture. I'm just looking at the picture to see if it's something I know. Mm-hmm. That's been my comment a lot: is people don't read titles; they just look at the mm-hmm. thumbnail. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad you've proven me right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I will say I have started reading the titles more often because I get I've, I've gotten tricked several times <laughs> where it seems like it's going to cover something I'm interested in, but it's actually maybe just like a fragment of the video or something. So, yeah. What was the game that they just played that I watched? I now you know I'm starting to see I'm starting to see the issue here. <laughs> eaten so much. <laughs> they are you know they they are good um, thumbnails, but they are busy. I would agree. Mm-hmm. They're, they're pretty yeah, busy Yeah, they're not thumbnails. bad. They're just, there's a lot going on. I think this is the one where he was wearing, nope, it's not this one. I take it back. There's a, there's a video where he's wearing our hoodie. I was just going to try and find it. <laughs> I, there's no way I'm going to find it again. Mm-hmm. Maybe, was it this one? All right, anyways, 
more videos with Curlcast logo on your shirt. No, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, if, you my, have, if you have a shirt in that color yellow, I will get one. <laughs> we do. We do have a shirt in that color yellow. Um, we also have the gray, which I'm wearing right now. Uh, <laughs> we have a mug that's yellow, too. I'm about to pick that up myself, personally. I've got a hoodie and a shirt so far. Will has this much. Yeah, I know. Um, I need to buy some of our own swag. I don't know what, what I'm doing. I don't even have swag. <laughs> Adam Korlick's going to unbox his swag from us on his next uh, unboxing video. So Heck that'll yeah. be cool. Um, my comment, and I just remember what it was, was that they should do a few more vlogs. I think they're really hilarious on their vlogs. Um, and I think they should expand that a little bit. You know, maybe do one every month or so. But I, I find their, their antics to be really hilarious. I love their Renaissance video where they're like dressed up in the princess costume. I, I know given the current situation, it's hard to do the vlog videos. But I really mm-hmm. enjoy their back and forths. And I think that a video series of just them doing their things could be a decent series that they could actually you know market to people on here. Um, and then yeah. maybe that would bring people to watch the Let's Plays who have seen a million Let's Plays but have not seen these guys' personality. Um, mm-hmm. See, they've got this. They did one a month ago, four months ago, five months ago. They're, they're few and far between, it seems like, releasing the vlogs. If they could get a consistent schedule like every month on the last Sunday of the month or something like that, we're going to have a vlog video. I think that would be a pretty cool uh, series, and I would definitely watch that. Whereas you're going to be hit or miss with the video games because not everybody likes every video game. And let's say you're covering Fable every Monday. You're only going to get Will on Mondays, you know? Like, <laughs> you do no, you'll Halo get me on t- Monday. You'll get me on Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> no, 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 I mean like if they only do Fable on Mondays or if they did Fable I'll Fridays. I'll watching it every other day, though. <laughs> I'll rewatch the same video. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you get five, five views a week from Will on Fable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you should do Fable Fridays. That's my suggestion. Yes. Oh, Fable, my gosh. I'd be so excited. Fable Fridays and then, like, do a, do a sketch or a vlog every, once a month. I would definitely watch a sketch or a vlog every month from you guys because you guys are hilarious. So mm-hmm. do you guys have any more comments? I totally agree with you on the on the vlog posts. People love to see the personality behind the video. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something I'm struggling with trying to post on Instagram and Twitter, just a little more little little windows in, into my personal life because that's what really gets the that com- committed community mm-hmm. that to get that strong backbone of a following. Because this video is great. I love this video. <laughs> it's oh my gosh. <laughs> I I watched this video probably four times. I I didn't comment on it. I'm sorry, dot slash frag. I did not comment on it. I was too busy laughing at the antics in this video because it is hilarious. I love it. Um, anyways, definitely do some more of these. I, I thought this was one of your best videos aside from the gameplay. Mm-hmm. But I I I live for this kind of content, and I would definitely watch more of these along with let's plays. Um, now we're gonna go into our predictions going forward. What do you think, Will? I mean, I think they, like I said before, I think they really drive well. I think they they hit their stride on, as far as editing and actually like the upload schedule and everything like that. I think they just need to have that one video that, for whatever reason, hits a lot of traction one week. Uh, say like they just happened, like just like the Halo anniversary, like have a game that just came out and this they're the ones that are covering it. Those are the ones that the algorithm are favoring that week, and then they'll they'll take off. 
How about you, Dave? Uh, I think... Um, I, I think they're in a good spot. Let's Plays have always been a really popular genre. Um, they remind me a lot of the Game Grumps podcast. <laughs> and because, I mean, because of that, they've caught my attention. I'll definitely be tuning in to watch their videos as much as I can. And that, that might be one of the biggest challenges I find is because and I know people have this problem with our channel. When you post every single day, people are going to have days they miss, right? Mm -hmm. So if it's a continuity type thing where um, if you're posting the same game five days a week, which I don't believe these guys ever do, they really they really split it up pretty well. Um, people are going to miss a video and then they're going to have to go back. And then the backlog continues to grow and grow and grow. Mm -hmm. um, so it's good that they spread things apart so people know which day to tune in. And which days they can like if they if they miss something and and they're not really interested in it, it's not as big of a deal, right? Like if, if they did Fable Fridays, you know you're not missing Friday, that kind of a thing. I think going forward they'll hit 500 subs within a month or two at most, or at most a month or two they'll be at 500 subs. I wanted to make sure I said that right. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I do think that as they build their audience, they can sell more of their personality because they have some great vibes. And they already have really professional-looking um, logos, really professional-looking graphics. It matches really well. Um, I had no problem taking the graphics from here and putting it together into that thumbnail we you saw at the beginning of this video. It's super easy to market something that looks this clean and professional. And their editing mm -hmm. is is super nice. Like when he's chewing and the camera's bouncing up and down, and it's like bouncing with his <laughs> chewing. You know these guys know how to edit video. So mm -hmm. the audience will be there. They just got to hit that stride with some video that's going to blow up. You know, maybe they reach out to an yep. indie dev and they debut some the next Minecraft, the next game to blow up into some massive thing, mm -hmm. and then boom, they're done. They they've made it. They're associated with that game now. That kind of a thing. Yep. So that being said, do you guys have any closing thoughts? Nope. That's it for me. Then dot uh, slash frag. We love you guys. Mm -hmm. This has been. Uh, I'm always as always. I'm Chris, and I'm Will. I'm Surfool, and I keep stumbling over my words. We will see you <laughs> on the next Krillcast. See you guys. This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Surfool. And today we're talking about the platform that has made Surfool famous. You know, if you're watching this 10 years from now. <laughs> um, Big old callback. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, um, so I'm going to give you guys a little backdrop, a little background on this. You know, a lot of it comes from Wikipedia. Don't judge me, okay? Um, Mixer originally launched on January 5th, 20. Oh, well, Will, what the heck am I doing? What's today? Oh, it's Wild Call Wednesday. And who's our guest? <laughs> it's Sir Fool. Why don't you tell everybody about your channel? Yeah, go ahead. That's I'm me. sorry about um, that. I'm just a regular streamer playing first-person shooters, a lot of Let's Plays, trying to party up with my friends when I can, and Mixer just captures the good times. 
Now, given that you said that uh, you're going to start playing some Halo, when, when are you going to start doing that so we can hop on and play some Halo campaign with you? i got to mm-hmm. do that really soon because holiday 2020 is coming up quick and that's when <laughs> Infinite drops. Everybody mm-hmm. playing Halo is going to be getting a little boost, that's for sure. All right. For sure. Now I'm gonna. Yeah, hop you should in also this. be getting in on some Fable action as well, because you know that Fable game is coming. <laughs> I need to work in the Fable day for sure. Fable Fridays, I, I'm I telling you. I can't do the gimmicky Fable Fridays. I already got a uh, Rainbow Six oh. uh, <laughs> as gaming night every Friday night. Okay. Uh, okay. Is that that? Um, is that part of the Reddit? The Dad's Gaming Reddit, or is that a different thing? That's a good question. I'm not sure. If, I think it's <laughs> the same. I think it. I think it's the same uh, subreddit. Okay. Um, I just found that the other day and I was like, that's cool that they have like a dad's gaming Reddit. Oh, it's a huge community. I joined them, oh my god, seven years ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's been around that long? Uh, when our first kid was born, yeah, I found those guys by chance and joined up with them. Huge shout out to Reno. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I will tag them in this video. All right. So we're going to talk about Mixer. Mixer mm-hmm. is a streaming website competing with Twitch for dominance in the streaming market. Mixer originally launched on January 5th, 2016 as a competitive streaming service to Twitch, and it was called Beam, as you'll remember that Dave mentioned in a different video. Maybe. Maybe that was off air. I don't remember. Um, before we went live. <laughs> <laughs> Microsoft acquired the company in August of 2016, so it was only its own independent service for about a period of six, seven, eight months. Yeah, that's pretty cool though. Like, what a success story! Yeah, you launched this company, and then Microsoft buys you after a couple months. Yeah, that is pretty. They caught attention quick too because it it grew fast. Um, They renamed to Mixer in 2017 when they integrated it into the Xbox division. Uh, The service is baked into the Xbox One, Microsoft Xbox Live service, and uh, but it's not on Sony or Nintendo. The service is about the same difficulty to use as Twitch on those platforms. Um, Although Mixer is backed by Microsoft and is pretty equivalent in quality to Twitch, it has not gained a large enough foothold to become a dominant streaming service. Mm -hmm. It is, however, the biggest alternative, if if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'm pretty sure you're right. Mixer and YouTube are pretty close. Uh, Mixer signed Ninja exclusively to a massive contract on July 31st, 2019, um, which ended his streaming on Twitch. Um, although this brought over a lot of Ninja's dedicated fans, it did not bolster the service as much as Microsoft was expecting it to. Um, Microsoft remains dedicated to Mixer as it remains one of the few competitors to Twitch, which is a current um, space that is only filled with services such as YouTube, Facebook, and Reddit. Reddit with RPAN. Not really gaming yet. I'm sure they'll get there. And I mm-hmm. just saw Twitter is doing some kind of live stream thing. I'm not sure how seriously they're taking it, but I think I saw Dot Slash Frag actually using Twitter streaming. Gonna have to look into that one. Have no idea what that's all about. Yeah, I'll definitely be throwing my channel up on Twitter if I can do it without having to pay any extra money. With the restream.io? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I did find So apparently, if you have um, streaming on Facebook, uh, Restream charges you like 100 bucks or something a month to be allowed to oh, stream, stream to your Facebook brand page. I found that out the hard way. Uh, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm not paying to restream to a brand page. I don't know if it's because it's in the same tier as like a business, and they like want to charge you if you're a business or mm-hmm. what. But when you're when you're not a, a massive streamer, it's not worth it. You know, Mm-mm. not even close. So, um, do we think that any of these services, including Mixer, can ever overtake Twitch? 
Yeah, I mean, I think every company has its day when it gets tumble, like toppled. So I think it's only a matter of time. It, like you said, when you're off air, it's Twitch's game to lose. And if they keep going down, like it gets to a point where they're so big that they think that they can do no wrong and they start, you know, silencing some people and not silencing other people, having questionable rules and conduct, and then people are going to get fed up with it. Um, you know, you see it all the time. So. But they get so big, they almost like become stale, and they stopped. Like they're no longer fighting for that position, and they start like you know just falling apart. How about you, Dave? Um, I I agree with Will on that. Um, if anybody does take over as top dog, it's not going to be anytime soon, and it's yeah, going to be. It's more than likely going to be from Twitch's own doing. Uh, little side note, I'm absolutely astonished that Facebook hasn't made a bigger splash than what it has but streaming really didn't get much attention from Facebook or YouTube until Mixer really started making some making some waves in the industry because you didn't see Facebook or YouTube doing anything until Mixer started throwing out some numbers there and really mm. got their attention well, I mean think about it before um, before people started taking Twitch seriously, uh, nobody was taking streaming seriously. It was like, well, why would why would anybody want to watch stuff live on the internet, right? Like you're watching... Yeah. I'm, I, I'm quoting some big businessmen at the time that I, re I remember reading this when Twitch was kind of brand new. Um, why would anybody want to watch some amateur doing stuff on the internet? That's what somebody said. I can't tell you who said it. I can't remember for the <laughs> life of me. But I remember reading that and I was like, dude, the internet's the future. <laughs> what, what are you saying? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, people in business suits that are far older than me are the ones making those kinds of comments and decisions. So can't really comment on that. Um, mm -hmm. What I can say is this. I think Facebook streaming, I, I don't think people want to use Facebook for live streaming. I think they will use it if they don't have to do it themselves. Because what's the quickest way to get doxxed? People find your Facebook profile. What's the quickest way to find that Facebook profile? When you start streaming stuff to Facebook. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Why would anybody want to stream on the one website where they could actually locate you easily? <laughs> like, I would never pick Facebook as my dedicated streaming platform. There's no chance. It's not user-friendly either. No. I've taken a look at it, and it was a pain trying to even just get a stream key from them. And... <laughs> they lost my interest really quickly. I've done it one time. I Facebook live streamed one time. Um, it, it was not for myself. It was for a different group. Um, mm -hmm. And I will never do it again unless it's easy with like restream and I don't have to pay $100 a month for it. The way I did it was uh, <laughs> it was probably the most interesting way you could duplicate a stream without using a service like restream.io. I'm not going to get into how I did it. It was very complicated. I don't recommend <laughs> trying it. Um but it did work, and I didn't have to pay an arm and a leg for it. Um, what I will say is this. I want to know what the experience for you has been like on Mixer. Really, really positive. More positive than negative. Uh, it's super, super easy to start streaming on Mixer. Like, you don't need the special mic. You don't need a camera to get started. You just open it up on your dashboard and hit play and just start playing whatever you want. 
it's already like you said before it's baked in you open up your guide on xbox it'll block out your screen so nobody's seeing any of your personal information um you just play i mean a lot of the a lot of the you know the big name the biggest names on mixer aside from you know ninja now but a lot of those guys didn't have a camera for the longest time but they had thousands of people watching them play Mm -hmm. but at the same time that's probably mixer's biggest fault is because it's so easy to stream everybody's streaming on mixer so if everybody's (laughs) streaming nobody's watching (laughs) that's fair so that's that's their trade-off so they almost they almost made it too approachable to stream on mixer but when it's that easy and you really want to try and take it seriously you you can't complain about it Mm. aside from the fact nobody's ever watching it because they're all streaming themselves (laughs) (laughs) i mean that that is a fair comment if uh if the service is super easy and you can log into your xbox and just say i want to stream to mixer today and uh, i'm not gonna even have to use a camera like i I imagine do they integrate the connect at all into the mixer service with live streaming Actually, the Connect was actually the best option. That was the one good thing the Connect did. Uh, they had their depth their depth cameras on there, and you could actually do a green screen effect without needing a green screen. Oh, that is oh, amazing! Wow. Um, mm-hmm. But that was, you know, one of the greatest things. You could take a USB camera and plug it into your Xbox, and it would pick it up, and you could actually have a face cam. Nice. That, that's really neat because I don't think the PS4 can even do that with Twitch. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I don't even think... Because I have the PS4 camera for just dance reasons. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, even after buying that, because my wife used to play the Just Dance games, um, she's never used it. Um, but uh, <laughs> Twitch, I've never figured out how to integrate that camera with Twitch on the PS4. I have to imagine there's a way to do it, but it's not user-friendly. I've never been able to figure it out. Yeah. So that, that's pretty cool that the Kinect, with its own depth sensors, could actually cause a green screen effect while you're streaming to Mixer. I did not know it could do that. Yeah, well, there had to be at least one positive of the Kinect, right? Hey, there's two. I there's feel, a game... I feel so bad for that piece of software, man. They hyped <laughs> that up so much. <laughs> I loved the Kinect, okay? I'm mad that people didn't give it a chance. <laughs> I might I be the it, one it... person that said, Kinect <laughs> 2.0, count me in. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple reasons why I don't like it, if we're going to get off on this tangent for a second. One, they made the Xbox One less powerful so they could bundle it and keep it at a lower price. Two, um, they forced games onto it, like Fable or Fable to Journey. That was on the 360. Yeah, my point is just to connect in general. They should never have put that onto a connect. I think that's like games like that that really was a detriment, to be honest, on the software like that gave people a bad taste in their mouths and killed the system. Not only should they not have put the Fable the Journey on the Connect, they just never should have made that game. It's true. They should have put <laughs> resources into a Fable 4. I totally agree with you. Pointless Fable game. <laughs> I have that game. It's on my shelf. <laughs> I keep It'll thinking, stay there. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll just get all the achievements just for bragging rights. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually been thinking about buying that game again so I can... You know, get some fable fix, but you just on. want you just want mine. You can just have it. All right. Yeah, I don't have a connect anymore, unfortunately. Oh well, then never mind. I have two. I'll connects. take that too. I have two connects. <laughs> One of them probably hasn't been used in like three years. It's been sitting in a drawer. Um. Anyways, so back on mixer. So as far as mixer goes, um, I will say this: 
the couple times I've, I've tuned into streams, um, I, I think it's, I think the, the interface is a little busy for me. Like Twitch is extremely simplified. Um, it's very straightforward. It's very streamlined. There's just so much going on on the mixer screen in general. Like whenever I've logged, like I'm going to go to a live stream. Let's see if we can find one. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt like the interface is very, very busy. Let's see. What's a, I think I know what you're talking about. There's a lot of channels that use is their feature called mix play. So they'll take all their subscription buttons and like their custom sparks buttons. And it actually makes the interactive interface underneath their screen. And for the streams that keep it nice and clean on the actual gameplay screen, they make it really busy on the rest of the window with that mix play window that pops up underneath. And they, they just need to they need to simplify that or just get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, I think this this interface, like once you go full screen, it's fine, but I never watch things in full screen. Like that that's I don't do that anymore. Like I'm not I don't have time to just sit there and put something full screen and watch it yep. on its own. Usually if I'm watching <clears throat> Mixer or listening to Mixer, it's in like the bottom corner of my screen and I'm just paying attention to it little by little while I'm doing something else. It's something to make the time go by a little quicker for myself or to hang out with hang out with somebody virtually, um, you know, and chatting in the live chat. It's cool when people interact with me, like I'll say, Hey, how are you doing? I'm like, Hey, thanks for stopping by. You know, that's always cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think the interface is a little busy. Um, mm-hmm. That's my biggest issue with, with mixer. I think Twitch is a lot more simplified, more streamlined, and it's a lot easier to understand what you're doing. Like you what click the on a button like nowadays though, lots of colors, lots of things happening. Oh, I think, that, I think it's, I think it looks nice, but it's just, just too busy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I like I like a, a really simplified interface, if that makes sense. The one thing they added that's a lot of colors and can be distracting somebody that's not used to their chat yeah. is something that I really like is their, their, uh, their viewer levels. That's what those little numbers are next to everybody's names. Is It shows how long that person's been in that chat and in that community. So, like, the streamer can look at the chat and say, oh, hey, welcome to the channel, or hey, good to see you again, and mm-hmm. not necessarily remember who it is that they're talking <laughs> to. <laughs> like, oh, just, hey, they're level yeah, 20. Cool. They've been yeah. here for at least two of my streams. There you go. I think I, I, I got up a couple levels last time I watched you. <laughs> I think I was at, like, level 2 or 3 or 4 or 5 or something. Um, but... Yeah, I had I had uh, your stream on a while back when I was typing up an outline. Maybe it was for this episode. I don't know. Uh, I was typing up an outline while I was listening to your listening slash watching your let's play. I can't tell you what game you're playing anymore because it's been a little while. But it was probably Apex. <laughs> I think it was because I had no idea what was going on on the screen. <laughs> I've never played Apex. I'll be honest with you. Um, I find oh, it the just feels so good. I think the graphics are great, and I like the fact that it's not like Fortnite because I just I mm-hmm. it's not in Fortnite. Um, the building the building on Fortnite is a little too complicated for me. Um, yeah. But anyways, not not a Fortnite topic right now. I think I think if anything, what Mixer needs is like a definitive, successful, high profile game that is streamed almost exclusively on Mixer. It's like maybe when Halo Infinite yep. launches, exactly I think people gonna are going to start paying attention. If it, if it doesn't completely bomb right out the gate, um, I think Infinite streaming on Mixer, especially if Ninja hops on that, 
it could mm-hmm. be a massive, massive bolster to the mixer community. That'll definitely get gain some attention because everybody's anybody who knows who Ninja is, they're gonna be one. They're gonna want to watch him play Halo mm-hmm. and get first impressions. Yeah, and hopefully people like Hidden Xperia and whatnot will give a shot at uh, Mixer at that time because if Ninja's streaming Halo Infinite on Mixer, everybody else that streams Halo on Mixer, it's gonna bolster that community. Oh yes, definitely. I know, like, Podtacular and Podcast Evolved, the two Halo podcasts that I follow, you know, here and there, they definitely prefer Mixer over the other platforms. And I'm sure it's because of the Microsoft influence, given that they cover exclusively a franchise made by Microsoft. Um, But I I think they do a good job with it. I think that their streams, um, even if they're not having a ton of people watching every single time, the fact that they're streaming on these platforms and have subscribers that will come back and watch them later, because I know a lot of mm-hmm. people will block the replays for anybody but their subscribers or w- whatever the paying paying membership is on Mixer. I honestly can't remember what it's called. Um, I think that's a good method to get people to watch it live for free or tune in for a paid subscription. It's, it's a good model. And I know that Twitch does the same thing, but... Um, it was a smart idea to implement something like that, honestly, because mm-hmm. if, it's like live television. If you don't catch it and you don't DVR it, right, you can buy it on a streaming service. <laughs> Does that make sense? I, I don't know if I've completely gone off the off the deep end with this conversation. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the biggest advantage that Mixer has over Twitch? Oh, the biggest advantage. Um, I definitely say the few viewers that mixture has are very interactive viewers whereas twitch will you'll get a random viewer and they drop a follow and then they hop over to the next channel like they just want to be there to help you get to the next step on twitch and then that's it with mixture you have a dedicated community i feel like and they want to see you make partner and then when you hit partner they stick around i've seen that way more consistent in mixer than i've seen in twitch Whereas Twitch is like, you'll get that dedicated community, and then as soon as you get that affiliate button, you lose a bunch of viewership. Mm-hmm. That's, where you see, that's where you see a lot of those videos of like, oh, I'm going full-time, guys, and then <laughs> they get like 10 viewers a stream, and they're like, I'm not making any money, I'm going back to part-time. <laughs> like, Mixer, I've seen a lot more success stories of little guys going partner and then being able to make it a full-time gig. Now, as far as that goes, um, what are the levels? Like, I know you've got over 100, uh, was it follow- followers? Yeah, followers. Um, mm-hmm. What level does that put you at? Nobody. Okay, so you, <laughs> you, you don't, like, it wouldn't even be equivalent to a Twitch affiliate right now? Correct. Okay. Uh, but, so that's where there's a difference between Mixer and Twitch. Mixer, um, they make monetization open to anybody. All you have to do is fill out the application and... Oh, okay. some information and then uh, people have the ability so they have sparks which are free currency that you get that you earn for just watching their streams and then they have paid currency which is uh, like Twitch's bit system mm-hmm. and they call that embers so okay. on my channel I just recently finally did it I, I held out until I actually had people asking me for it uh, so I added embers to my stream it's a very new thing and it's the same thing. It's a penny per ember. Mixer takes half the cut. 
So, <laughs> so, so what? Five hundred embers would be like two dollars and fifty cents. Yeah. We we've but considered it's making super that jump. Exciting! I, I got fifty cents the other day, and I was Ooh. about ready to jump on my chair, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, yeah. though. Made it made uh, you got to keep that moment locked away, right, in, in the memory mm-hmm. bank. Oh I yeah, made, I, I made money. That. <laughs> That's cool. We've uh, we've we've considered doing something to have a business on YouTube, but it's I don't know if it's worth it yet. We're still trying to figure that all out. Mm-hmm. Uh, to continue that point. Uh, for Mixer to go partner on Mixer, uh, I'd have to look at the requirements again. I don't have the window up. Uh, I think it's it's either fifteen hundred or twenty five hundred followers before they'll even before they'll even consider your application. And then like you need like seventy five or a hundred concurrent viewers. It's the the requirements are higher than Twitch, so it's a lot harder to go partner on Mixer. But at the same time, Mixer has I mean, they're dishing out all kinds of money <laughs> for all, the, all these other streamers that have the milestones set up when they're partners. Mm-hmm. Like, I think when I think when they first rolled it out, like hitting the first milestone of a million sparks, that was like a hundred dollar bonus. Five million sparks was like a three hundred dollar bonus. Like, and I think it capped out at I think a hundred million and. That was like a seven hundred and fifty dollar cash bonus just for hitting that milestone, and that's awesome. You, get a di- you have a big enough community, you're hitting that, you're hitting that max milestone in an hour. That's nice. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. awesome. I, I gotta ask you this. Um, so, like, I, I don't do a lot of streaming. I've I've streamed like twice or three times total, and every single time the audience I've had on there has been really like kind of um, what's the right word. Um, it's been friendly, but that's not what the word I'm, uh, I'm thinking of. Kind of, they've been active and like, genuinely interested in talking to me versus like watching mm-hmm. me play. When you have a captive audience on a stream, like people that want to want to hear you talk, um, do you ever feel like you don't have enough to say, or like you're like I don't know what to say, like that frozen oh, moment man. where you're like on a podium and I don't have a speech prepared. <laughs> Like where, where do you sit on that spectrum? Do you do you enjoy having that conversation essentially with your with yourself with a bunch of words on a chat or, or like where do you sit with that? How how do you feel about it? Yeah, it is so hard trying to strike up a conversation by yourself to a list of, a list of words on the side of the screen. <laughs> um, the my biggest piece of advice I've always taken to heart is just no matter who's watching stream like you have a hundred people watching you like I, I, I try to just start talking about something and then if it you know brings up a secondary thought i can kind of branch off on that it's a lot easier when you have somebody in chat that hopefully hopefully they ask you a question because then you can <laughs> give them an answer and then mm-hmm. if you're good enough with rolling with the punches you can just keep branching off of what you originally said and <laughs> just keep talking. Just gotta keep talking. See, I think what would happen is if I got on a stream and started like somebody asked me a question, I would just like get way off track and just start ranting about something. Like somebody would ask, like, "Well, who's your favorite character in Fable?" And by the time we were done with that conversation, I'd be a mad, I'd be talking about how mad I am about Lion's Head. <laughs> Anyways, that's a good thing. That's what people love about that, though. Is like they want to. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing that they're looking for is like, and if they if they're the one that sparks that, oh, they think they're 
like they're the coolest guy in chat because they <laughs> the yeah you're not wrong i i, I always... know that feeling I, I want people to read my comments and you know go off on tangent for my comment all the time i always manage to get streamers to read my comments i don't know what it is about what i type all those dick pics <laughs> i can't believe you said that <laughs> I can't shout, believe you send them, Chris. Shout out, shout out to Dick Cheney. No, um, yeah. <laughs> that's what you're talking about, right? The person, oh, not, yeah. not the mm-hmm. uh, biological. No, mm-hmm. no, short, <laughs> uh, shorthand version of Richard. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> this has gone way off. Okay, I have one more question. So Twitch at the end of a stream will allow you to what's called a raid. Does Mixer have anything built in like that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, they have like a kind of like a raid system. It's just hosting. Uh, what uh, what do they call it? Live hosting. And uh, <laughs> I, I can't figure out how to do it the right way. I always <laughs> screw something up on my end when I try to do it. Mm-hmm. So when I if I do have people watching me, I'll try to be like okay sit tight i'm gonna go offline and i'm gonna have i'll be hosting somebody here in just a minute because whenever i try to do it while i'm still alive it screws things up on my end <laughs> and i actually crashed my computer the other night trying to do it oh my gosh <laughs> so i was involved in my first twitch raid the other day and i will say when those things actually work when the person you're watching actually finds a stream that's interesting you're automatically giving followers to somebody else and that there's such a cool mm-hmm. like um, community of people that that will help you to build your following at the same time they're building their following and I find that type that part of the streaming community to be one of the coolest parts of the streaming community personally yeah it's super cool I actually got rated for the first time on my twitch side of my stream <laughs> oh man I, I didn't have my camera on I was tired I was didn't want the light on me and I was just you know playing warzone with my buddy and I look over and my stream is just scrolling, 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 scrolling. I'm like, what in the world is going on? I had a buddy that rated my channel with seven viewers, and those seven viewers were just spamming, away, spamming the chat. Like, huh? It was so cool. <laughs> Two in the morning, I was like, I-, I can't get loud. My wife is sleeping right next to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, is there anything else that you'd like uh, closing remarks on on Mixer? Um. Only thing I wanted to kind of bring up is streaming going forward. Uh, you're going to see a lot more of these quote unquote trades going on with different streamers. Like, because it wasn't just Ninja that switched over to Mixer. You, know, you had Ewok, who was a big Fortnite oh, streamer. Oh, I forgot about him. Um, King Gathalion. I, I, I watched him a lot before he switched over to Mixer, and he played a lot of Destiny, and they both have very consistent uh very positive communities like they're no like (laughs) nothing to say against them but like they weren't anything near where ninja was Mm -hmm. um and they have nothing but good things to say about mixer so i mean it's good to see them make that switch and not have anything bad happen to their community yeah i think the biggest um issue we're seeing right now is you got to find some way to rise above the ranks in mixer where these guys brought an audience with them you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They already had a dedicated community when they came over. So if they could even retain like 75% of their audience along with the deal they made with Microsoft to come over here, um, it makes a big difference for them versus somebody who started on Mixer and is building their own community on Mixer. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I actually forgot there was another big streamer that was probably on Ninja's level, Shroud. Oh, yeah, yeah. He lost a huge chunk of his of his community, but, you know, he just kept rolling with it, and he was able to keep things going. I always, I never saw any actual numbers, but, I mean, he was always rumored to have a bigger deal from Microsoft than what Ninja got. Wow. Hmm. You know, I, I think the one the one person that if they'd have brought them to the platform because uh, they're not like well known as a streamer, if they could have gotten PewDiePie, I knew you're gonna that say dude it. gets so <laughs> much on YouTube. He had to change his chat to um, sub or the um, what the paid tier only because I I joined his first one because I was just curious how it would go. He had like two hundred thousand concurrent viewers on his first stream on YouTube after he came back That's from D Live. Crazy numbers, yeah. And the chat was just, it was like nuts. So he changed it to like paid only tier. I haven't really tuned in as much, but the fact that he can do a paid only tier and it's still going, it's like there's no way he's not making a ton of money doing that. Like mm-hmm. It's just crazy. Uh, and I have to imagine some of these guys that have built up their audience as big as like Ninja or PewDiePie or Shroud or Ewok, any of these people. They've got it. Like anytime they're streaming, they're making money. You know what I mean? Like that is some serious money because people are paying to watch that consistently, and they want to yep. get featured on their channel or want, have like some kind of a chat highlighted so that they'll read it on the stream. Because there is some kind of. I'm not gonna lie. It feels good to have something you said <laughs> read by somebody who I would consider popular or famous. It, it's yep. it's pretty cool. They acknowledge you. It makes you feel good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think there's one other thing I wanted to touch, and then we'll be done with this. Um, it was something to do with ah, I can't think of it. Do you guys have any other closing remarks? Mm, I think no. Of. Other than the fact I think Mixer is going to get a lot bigger by the end of this year. Uh, just with because uh, I mean it's Microsoft owned and it's integrated with their systems and Microsoft I think is going to have a whole bunch of exclusive this year. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that'll definitely help them. Yeah, I agree with Will on that. Uh, I don't know what they have planned, but they're doing nothing but throwing money at Mixer because mm. Microsoft does realize they have something that could potentially contend with Twitch on a higher level in the future. I remembered my question finally. Okay. So Twitch has just kind of recently expanded to like live music. Is Mixer doing anything on that front that you know of? Mixer has actually had a problem with live music. So I think that might be Twitch kind of jumping on Mixer kind of shutting that down a little bit because it was just it was a lot of musicians kind of having these big open the biggest issue with mixer was the follow for follow trend that they just recently kind of shut down on they like any any stream that had follow for follow on it uh was they, they were actually shutting down the channels um and i'll those most popular in the music channels where people would go in, oh, hey, here's my stream, you follow me, I'll follow you back. Oh, jeez. And then that was unfortunate for some of the the musicians that were actually on there just, you know, broadcasting their music for people to listen to. And then somebody would abuse that and say, oh, is this a follow-for-follow page? That would get flagged on Mixer's algorithm, and then they would have to to fight to get their channel back up. That sucks. 
But yeah. there's, you're saying there is other things in gaming. That was my biggest question: was is Mixer a platform for more than just gaming? Oh, definitely. Um, Mixer actually, you can. I think you can do it with Twitch. I don't know how well it works. I've never tried it, but like Mixer has the op- has the ability to stream, you know, IRL from your from your phone. <laughs> yeah, I I'm not really sure how to do that. I've never tried it with Mixer or Twitch, but it is really cool that they have that set up on Mixer. I did not know that. Um, mm-hmm. But our buddy from a previous week, uh, Ford Atlantic, John Black, he does his music on Twitch, and it is an epic live stream every week. So I was just curious, talking to you, if that would be something I should suggest to him to also stream to Mixer. Sounds like that might be a good option it's, for him to try. It's a whole other community that he can tap into, and it wouldn't hurt. Yeah. Maybe I'll uh, send that his way. And his his li- honestly, if you ever want to see an awesome live stream, go check out Ford Atlantic. His live stream is is one of the best music live streams I've ever watched. Um, he's so chill about it too. So, <laughs> everybody, make sure you go to mixer.com slash s u r f o o l p l a y s and go subscribe and follow whatever the right word is. Um, mm-hmm. Send him some sparks, and if you're feeling a little generous, Definitely. send him some embers. Get him that you know seventy five cents. Um, yeah, well, heck yeah. <laughs> maybe a dollar. Maybe enough. You'll probably make me cry live on stream. <laughs> As always, I'm Chris. And I'm um, Will. And I'm Sir Fool. And we will see you on next Curlcast. Bye. This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Surfool. And uh, if you guys haven't checked out Surfool Plays on Mixer yet, I don't know what you're doing with your life, but it's Thursday. <laughs> this is day four. You only, need to get, you only need to get one more reminder. So go to Mixer.com slash S-U-R-F-O-O-L-P-L-A-Y-S, Surfool Plays, and you go check this guy out when he streams. Why don't you tell everybody what you stream? A lot of first-person shooters. Uh, try to get a party going just to keep me talking and use mixer to just capture the good times and uh if this is thursday and this is the first video you've watched on the grill cast what are you doing with your life go watch monday through wednesday it's a lot of fun i promise um today is throwback thursday throw throw throwback thursday i don't know how i say that whatever that was good you haven't done it in so many weeks i'm glad you finally did it um so today we're talking about earthbound Um, Mm -hmm. earthbound a game that is beloved and weird and strange and retro all at the same time. A lot of people mm-hmm. covered it. Angry Video Game Nerd, probably Angry Joe. All the people with Angry in the title of their name probably have all covered this game. Um, yeah. It's got a spiritual successor in Earth, or not Earthbound. That's literally what we're talking about, Undertale. But I'm going to give you guys a little brief overview of the Earthbound game. Earthbound was released on the Super Nintendo in the United States on June 5th, 1995, re-released on the Wii U Virtual Console in 2013. It is the second mm-hmm. entry in the Mother series of games. Reminds I mean, me of Alien. That's don't interrupt me. Don't interrupt me. Just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Just kidding. And the only one to be released physically in the United States. It is the second entry, right? So the sequel to Famicom game Mother slash Earthbound Beginnings. 
and it did get an English re-release on the Wii U in 2015. So you can play the first game in this series of games um, on the Wii U for those of you that actually have one. Um, as Ness, Ness, you remember Ness from Super Smash Bros. You know where he's way more popular. Um, That's all I'm and <laughs> <laughs> and as party of four, the player travels the world to collect melodies from eight sanctuaries in order to defeat the evil alien force. I'm assuming it's pronounced Gygus. Um, this game is famous for not reviewing well upon initial release, believe it or not, mm-hmm. but gaining a large following. And I'm not going to call it a cult following because usually those are small. This game has a massive following of casual and very, very serious fans, mm-hmm. um, while also demanding a high price tag for physical copies. Critics attributed this to a combination of its simple graphics, satirical marketing campaign, and a lack of market interest in the game. I mean, who like when this game came out, who was looking for this game? Like, I can't think of anybody's like. I really want to go fight lamps. Like, (laughs) there's not a market. Like, it's just so quirky. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The game has influenced tons of games to this day, including. Costume Quest, South Park, The Stick of Truth, and the famous game Undertale, mm-hmm. which is being succeeded by a game called Delta Room now. So all I want to talk about is a few things. All right, The impact of Earthbound on the industry. When it first came out, I would say the impact was nil because nobody was looking for this game. Mm-hmm. But as people found out about it and the, the quirkiness of it, it's one of those, like, like you know how videos can be evergreen and build an audience over time? This is kind of like that because there's not a lot of things like this. It's kind of one of those evergreen games that you may not have seen when it came out. You may not have even seen it 10 years later. But now I can't tell you anybody in the gaming industry, I at least the people that I know, that don't at least know what this is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I bet you five, five people out of six on YouTube probably know what this game is. Yeah, at, least, at least in the gaming space. Yeah, getting back to your thing about like no one was looking for this game. I think that's how a lot of the best games are made, though. It's like, uh, is being the first of, of a genre, being the first of a certain kind of, um, I don't know, play style, but also just being something completely unexpected. So when you when you're following trends or you're making a game where you, that you think people will like, that you know, is similar to other games, you're never going to make the splash. So even though this didn't review well, the reason why there's staying power is because there's only one game really like it you know what i mean so even if you don't necessarily like the game you know the game and you like play the game because it's the only one like it yeah um yeah do you remember this game even coming out dave uh actually i have a little note on here it came out in 95 i was two years old when that came out (laughs) (laughs) yeah um that's what i'm saying like this this is a game that i myself would not have experienced the release of either Mm -hmm. right because we're all about the same age here. I just found this out. Um, I really wasn't sure how old Dave was. You know, the beard can hi- the beard can hide your age. You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little short right now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, so I would have been too young to see the release of this game. So would have well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nobody that I've talked to that's older remembers this game even coming out. <laughs> to be entirely honest, everybody find, finds out about this game about a decade after it came out, or maybe even longer than that probably around the time emulators became really popular because everybody's like, Hey, go check out this weird game, go download it from, you know, coolrom.com or whatever, whatever game emulating site was available at the time. And they're like, what is this? And so people like slowly were putting videos on the internet as YouTube took over and people were doing let's plays of this. People are like, what is this? Like, I don't remember this coming out, you know? And now everybody's like, 
go to eBay. Let's go find what this is. Holy cow, it's a $200 game now. Like, what happened? <laughs> um, so, it's not that surprising to me that Nintendo never continued this series. From a business perspective, the first game came out in Japan, it didn't sell very well. The second game came out in Japan and the U.S., and it didn't mm-hmm. sell very well. It's not a surprise Nintendo didn't continue the series, even with the large, dedicated following it has now. They had no yeah. reason to. Right. Mm-hmm. But now that it's got this massive following, um, it's it's in the position now to have a massive like rebirth, remaster, whatever you want to call it, in modern day, in my opinion. There is the they, audience. They should now. give it the uh, Breath of the Wild treatment. Exactly. Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> let's fight lamps in 3D. Open exactly. world. That would be awesome. <laughs> now, and see, now that sounds really interesting. <laughs> um, so how does a game like this develop a fandom? I think we've kind of talked about this, but as far as developing a fandom well after a game releases, like how many games can you think of that have developed a following this big this long after it released? Um, wasn't expecting yeah. a trick yeah, question like that. That was a trick question. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's hard for like me maybe, to say. Because... Maybe Elder Scrolls, but I mean, that still performed pretty well when it first came out. But I mean, that's something that definitely grew bigger as it, you know, as people started getting introduced to it. I would say the only comparable one in my mind, and it's not actually comparable because of the circumstances, is like Fire Emblem. Because like Fire Emblem okay. started out with a small audience, a small dedicated audience, but they kept getting more series releases, right? So there was no buildup over time of an old game. It was more of a, as they released newer games, people kept going back to play the old games. This series essentially died with Mother 3. There's... There, there's well, either way the US only got Earthbound that's the only one I'm focusing on this series lived and died in the US with Earthbound mm-hmm. um, so I don't misspeak uh, <laughs> I believe there is a third game but it's I think you're right I think you're right um, and Mother 4 never came out there's a fan made version but yeah so I can't think of very many series that died and then built a cult following without any new releases oh well, shouldn't that's a good point. I, I'm glad you brought that up. It essentially died at Shenmue 2. Mm-hmm. And they built a cult following after the fact. People like Adam Corlett covered it. And eventually we got mm-hmm. Shenmue 3. Hopefully there's a happy ending to Earthbound with, you know, a Earthbound trilogy or Mother trilogy. Whichever. The U.S. is completely okay with getting the Japanese titles now. So you could call it the Mother yeah. trilogy for all I care. And then maybe we'll get four. I don't know. That'd be cool. Yeah. So yeah, I can't speak to to it growing a community after it's been basically abandoned, but I feel like this is definitely one of those examples that have inspired newer games to be that you know games of service like your Destiny or what Anthem was supposed to be. Like you're seeing more developers creating a game that they're planning on supporting in the long run versus an initial release and then hoping that it performs well. But then also letting it die if the community dies. <laughs> like, right. I think that's the biggest issue I see right now. Like, you can't have a game that's dedicated with a live service without an audience. This game can build an audience over time because there is no nothing that's live about it. 
Yeah. I mean, you know that's I mean? the way with really all the old games is that you actually you can actually play the whole game still. <laughs> right. Whereas you have like Evolve that died off super quick and you can't play that game now. So <laughs> even if you did game. like it. Anyway, do you guys have any closing thoughts on this? I would like to have a trilogy remaster on this, on the Switch. Trilogy remaster would get me to check it out. <laughs> they should do it in like a similar style to Octopath Traveler. That'd be cool. Mm. Like a 2D, 3D thing. Anyways. Yep. Let's have it happen. Earthbound Trilogy. Nintendo, let's do it. As always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. I'm Surful. And we will see you on the next one. This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. I'm Sir Fool. And today is what? It is a Fable Friday. Fable Friday? I thought it was Fandom mm-hmm. Fridays. Well, it is a Fandom Friday, but we're going to be talking exclusively about Fable, the only series anyone should ever play ever. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to do today is we're all going to tell you what our favorite Fable game is and why. So we'll let our guest go first so that Will doesn't... Um, you know, yeah. steal all of his thunder. So which one is it, and why? Well, like a lot of things, the, I mean, the original is always the best, right? That's the unpopular opinion, though. There's a lot of people in the Fable universe that think Fable 2 has been the best one. All right, but, so but out of curiosity, Fable, Fable TLC, or Fable Anniversary? Uh, I've, I put the Lost Chapters and Anniversary in the same category. Um, okay. It... They, oh man, Lionhead. They really upped the. They really raised the bar mm-hmm. in the game developing industry. They had their faces moved. <laughs> yeah. You could see expression on the characters' faces. It was bonkers. Like, in a game that still holds up today, mm-hmm. on, you know, when you even when you throw in the original one, it it still looks good and it's not distracting with, you know, terrible graphics. It mm-hmm. feels good and that's just an amazing story that needs to be continued. Yeah, agreed. What's your least favorite one? Oh, Fable the Journey. <laughs> it gives me, <laughs> gives me pain to say that. <laughs> Uh, Wasn't there a Fable I was actually mobile really game? excited for like I they piped it up so much mm-hmm. and I was really excited for it but tried playing it I couldn't even finish it it was terrible and for the main fact that I couldn't finish it that's what puts it at the bottom of my list mm-hmm. yeah that's fair okay well fill me in wasn't there a card like a mobile card game based on Fable there is a uh, I don't know if it's mobile but there is a Fable, oh crap! What is that card game called? Fable Fortune. Fable Fortune. There you go. I think they just—they don't support it anymore, though, do they? Um, it has a little bit of support, but not much. I don't know who does the 
I don't know who does the work on it. It's flaming but, foul. It's not obviously it's not lying. Yeah. And yeah. I throw it up every once in a while, but it has some it, goofy it, good. it has some goofy format problems. It doesn't fit screens well and okay. things kinda overlap each other and it's hard to keep track on things. Yeah, I've played it on my Xbox a couple times. I've enjoyed it. I'm just not huge into card games on like a computer. Yeah, I feel Xbox. like if you're into card games, like that's where your audience is. Mm. So, Will, what's your favorite fable? I'm pretty positive I know which one it is. Honestly, I'm going to go the same with, uh, you know, Dave there. So, really? I thought Fable yeah. 2 was your favorite. No, so the thing is, wow. like, I really do like Fable 2, but I will always go back and like Fable TLC the most. And uh, like Fable Anniversary, I was, I'd say the same thing. It's basically the same. It's just like a new coat of paint. Um, I like having the couple extra outfits that they put into the game. Though it does have some weird bugs or glitches where like, the game will freeze and I have to restart it. It's just frustrating. I don't remember that happening in the original. But again, like, like you said, it, this game blew my mind when I first played it. So I didn't hear any of the hype. I didn't uh, know about Molyneux uh, and like the Acorn story or anything like that. So there's like, all that crap and baggage with the game. But I was able to just go into it after playing like Morrowind and Morrowind being just way too big and too complex for me, and going into Fable, and it was so much more accessible, and it was funny, and like people, you can fart on people, <laughs> it's like, and also just like I would cycle through my random emotions, like do like the heroic pose and get my evil laugh and be so excited about that, and also like the morphing system is so cool. It's like you can grow the horns, you get all pale, and the flies go around your head if you're evil, or you get, ever. yeah, you get super blonde if you're good, and um, you can get gigantic, and I, I don't know. I really like this one because it has a medieval theme. All the swords are ridiculously like uh, large. Um, the armor is gigantic, and you look like a beast when you like are fully leveled up. Um, and also, like I don't know, the quests are more memorable. So I like the main storyline better. Uh, the side quests are, like range from just annoying, like the save the kid from the hob cave. That was a terrible quest. <laughs> um, to like just really really fun quests um, and everything in between so some of them are just goofy some of them are just like poking fun at some other game or some other like movie or something um, to again like I said to really good quests um, yeah I mean I, I can go back and replay this game all the time and not get bored and then the thing is like I'll find something new every time I play it like I'll, I'll stumble on a new gravestone and read it and it's like oh this is referencing Pirates of the Caribbean or oh, yeah. uh, this is referencing Harry Potter or something. It's like, this is hilarious that this is in the game. Um, yeah, so that's why. I, that's definitely my favorite. I think if I had to pick my favorite, um, definitely the one I played the most was Fable 2. But I think the one I actually enjoyed the most was Fable 3. Um, and yeah. I, the more I think about this, the more I think that's the case. Because I actually bought the DLC for Fable 3. Uh, I'm not too. saying I'm not even saying it's the best game ever because it's it's certainly not. But Fable Three, I really enjoyed the DLC. I thought the DLC actually was some good little mini stories, like the island where you go on. It's like what is it, like the Tesla Island or whatever. It's, yeah, I, I completely agree. I just played through that this week, and it's better it was, than the main story. But continue. It was <laughs> awesome. I and that, that's yeah. because that's the most recent part of Fable Three that I have actually played. Like mm-hmm. that biases my whole review <clears throat> of the game. Yep. Fable Three DLC. I think I think that game is worth playing all the way through just to get it's to that Trader's DLC. Keep, and you're talking about Faraday's Island. Faraday, Faraday, not Tesla. I don't know why I was thinking mm-hmm. it's Tesla. 
Uh, let me see. I really, like, just thoroughly enjoyed this DLC. But I also liked um, the fact that you become the king at the end of this game, and you can kind of, like, do whatever you want with the kingdom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I managed to get my entire gold supply to run out by the end of the game. <laughs> I, yeah. Because the people kept begging for stuff, and I was like, sure, sure, yep. sure, why not? And then I looked into the treasury, and it's like, everything's gone. Like, what? Yep. And, th- yeah, every one gold piece uh, represents, like, one death. So, I like, all of my citizens died. <laughs> what? I had the hardest yeah, time with I that lost part of the game. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah, this is actually my least favorite Fable game. So, yeah, I, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I thought that the story—it wasn't even the greatest story. Honestly, I just—I remember playing this a lot over and over and over again, and actually enjoying the combat, the gameplay, the the transitions between parts of the game. Um, just the fact that you could buy up the whole town the way that they had it set up in the system. Um, is this the one though where they had the weird gimmicky pause menu where you walked around? Yeah, so that was a huge I, thing. I'm I didn't gonna like get that. into why I don't like this game because this is also <laughs> my least favorite. So, one, I hate the sanctuary. I, I would much rather just have a pause menu. Two, yeah. the guild seals, terrible. Like I, I want to have experience that built up depending on what I'm using. So, if I'm using my range weapon. I would like to have range experience points, melee melee experience points, and so on. Um. And the road to rule thing was, oh my goodness. I just want to be able to go into a town and level up my blacksmith abilities or go in and play my loot as, as an expression. I don't want to yeah, have they, to. They, they took the grind away. It, yeah. It, it was weird. And it, it would have been, it would probably would have been a little more enjoyable if the sanctuary actually loaded in a fair amount of time. Mm-hmm. A remaster yeah. would probably help that. Um, yeah, another thing is the expression wheel. They took away all of my options to interact with the other, the NPCs. Like, I don't want to have three options, the same three options. One, I could dance with everybody, so including the guys, which I don't want to dance with them, and then or fart on them. It's like those are the only expressions. Like, <laughs> I want to do something else. Like, I want to you know do the, the sock puppet like in the in Fable Two, or like the Cossack dance. You know. <laughs> But they took away all those options. Which I think really I just was... really enjoyed the end game on this one. I think I think I liked the journey on it. Not to get mm-hmm. confused with Fable the journey because I did not enjoy that. But um, the fact that you said this game's worse than Fable the journey really really perturbs me. Will yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I I I still stand by that. The thing is, I I didn't even finish Fable the journey. It was just I think the reason why this game is so low for me is because I was so disappointed when I got it. Because I really love Fable One, I love Fable Two, and then I got this game with really high hopes, and they just crushed it because it stripped out everything that I felt made a Fable game a Fable. And they like I, a lot of people like this game for the things that I don't like it for. So, um, like the stripping out the expressions, the leveling up system, I didn't like, and also it just the combat. You said that you liked it. I know a lot of people do, <laughs> but it didn't feel the same anymore because I wasn't able to like oh well. I have to grind with my sword to be able to get, you know, max melee points or whatever. Um, yeah. Everything those stupid guild seals. Dude, you just turned the, total I, robot for a second there. Oh, sorry. My internet might be going out. But I do agree with you that the story is very good. I do like like becoming the king or queen. Oh, no, I'm freezing. I, I can still hear you this time, though, so you're not a robot at least. Okay. People will forgive a okay. bad video quality. They won't forgive bad audio. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> yeah, but I like becoming king. I think that's the saving grace of this game. Yeah, and I, I think if... Oh, go ahead. Dave's got some. Go ahead. I was going to say, my favorite thing that they had on Fable 3 was their morphing weapons. I thought that was super cool. It yeah, made, that was cool. It made it personal to your hero. Oh, that was yeah. One of my fav- that was the most replayable feature of Fable 3, not the game itself was going and buying a blank slate sword or a blank slate rifle and then like doing whatever quest it was to get it to drink mm-hmm. blood or to shine gold like it was it just looked so cool to like make your own stuff i really enjoyed yeah. the arena too by the way you know where you're like going up the levels in the arena to get through <clears throat> you know what i'm talking about the arena in the first game no they had one in this game yeah the reavers wheel of misfortune i didn't like this one as much <laughs> I really enjoyed this one, but that's fine. I thought Fable Two had the best Crucible for sure. That was yeah, that was one. It's where... interesting. So I also enjoyed the rooms, but in my head, it doesn't make any sense because, like, how do you have these different rooms? And like, does the audience move to the next room to watch you? <laughs> like, never even thought of that. The arena made more sense to me. <laughs> that's that's a good point. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, well, honestly, like, the moment I started thinking about that, it actually ruined that experience for me. It's like, how does this work logistically? <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm going to have to replay it now. Um, I also like okay. the boats. I thought the boats were cool in Fable 3. The fact that you could sail places. What are you talking about? You can't sail anything in this game. This part. No, he's going to the Trader's Keep, man. You don't even get the... You don't even get to go onto the boat. You can't explore the ship. What am I thinking of? I, I, I'm so far removed from this game now. At this You're point, thinking been... of Zelda. No, I'm not. <laughs> sea of Thieves. I would never. Oh yeah, it might be yeah, Sea of Thieves. Thieves. <laughs> but uh, I mean, if they had right. that kind of thing in this game, that'd be amazing. They don't. That would be amazing. I would totally do this. I would play this whole game again just to sail. Oh yeah. I don't know the thing that honestly, the thing that sticks out to me for like, I, I think we should just end this with the thing that sticks out to you about the Fable franchise that you miss the most, I love the guided trail that the Fable games use because I'm a linear type of guy. I like playing my game start to finish without necessarily going on a bajillion side quests. The fact that you can pinpoint an objective and have a guided path on the screen to that objective was something I treasured about these games. I think that's amazing. That's Fable 2 and 3. Yes. They sort of had it in Fable 1 where you, on your mini-map, you can see that it would blink to tell you where to go. So you had, like, your um, like silver quest and gold quest, it would blink on the different exits. Um, but the Fable 2 and 3 actually had the bread, breadcrumb trail. I will say that's another reason why I didn't like Fable 3, is because that freaking trail would glitch and it would take me to a completely different region. I remember that. And then just be like, oh, never mind. It's like... I've been walking for like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, what about you? What's the long-lasting effect about Fable? That's something you missed from all the other games you've played. Oh, man. Just the general replayability of it. Be- being able to go through and do a full run-through is all good and then all evil. And then, like, mm-hmm. go to where you, get, where you wear the mask or if you don't wear the mask. My favorite thing was keeping the mask, wearing it, and then grinding to make myself all good again. <laughs> have, yeah. have Jack of Blades mascot and still have a halo on. <laughs> mm-hmm. There you go. That's cool. Yeah, I, I, that, I guess that would be what I missed most. It's just, I don't know. The, it's hard to explain, but there's the dog general too. feeling of Fable. 
Dude, the dog. I miss games having a companion like the dog. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think you get that experience with very many other games. And you care about the dog too. That's the part that always got me. Like I really felt yeah. like that dog was there to help you. It had good AI. Let me let me rephrase that. It had an actual good companion with good AI. So. I will say that I thought the connection was a little bit stronger in Fable 2. I think it's just because you sort of save the dog in the beginning instead of just yeah. having it already. So you, like, I don't know, you feel like kind of like a protector type role of the dog. But yeah, I still, I, still, I could never, <laughs> I could never make myself not pick to bring the dog back at the end of Fable <laughs> yeah. 2. For as many times I'd be like, all right, I'm gonna go all money this time. Yep. Then I wouldn't do it. <laughs> yep. I know. Well, the first time I had that choice, I didn't have the DLC, so I couldn't bring the dog back. And I chose, like, you know, the needs of the menu or whatever. And so like, I resurrected, like, all of Albion instead. And I actually felt sick walking around without the dog at the, after that. I'm like, oh, my gosh, my buddy's gone. <laughs> then I got the DLC. And you can go to Naho Island and bring it back uh, no matter what you choose. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway, closing thoughts. What do you guys want? You want to see Fable 4? Yes. Absolutely. They need Fable 4 to come back, and Microsoft, pull the stick out of your ass and let us play <laughs> Fable Legends. It was a finished game. Why did you take mm-hmm. it down? <laughs> I never got a chance to play it, actually, Fable oh, Legends. I, yeah, I was on the beta. I spent the money and unlocked all the heroes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I loved it. It was such a good time to play it, and it, it was a finished game. There was no reason to take it down. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I wonder if you can still download it somehow, some kind of playable version. It still shows up in my owned games on my, yeah, on my library, but it doesn't let me download any or anything. Hmm. So I guess the uh, question is, what kind of Fable would you like as far as, do you want like a reboot? Do you want it to go back in time to the medieval age? Do you want it to be more industrial, like Fable 3? No, definitely they need to go back to... It would almost be cool to see a prequel to like like the founding of the heroes guild it would be really cool to see like the or the original heroes and like i mean you know little tidbits and stories that you can read about it is like it sounds like it was a crazy time there's heroes all over the place and magic and just all kinds of bonkers stuff that sounds like a lot of fun to get into (laughs) what if they went like half-life alex and did like a side story in a fable game like you're not playing the fable hero you're playing like somebody in the same areas the fable character and um you know like just to kind of give a soft reboot to the series how would you feel if they did that i don't care i mean the all the heroes are in the same bloodline anyway so it doesn't matter which one you pick no i said aside like you're not a hero you're playing a support oh, like gabriel and fable the yeah. journey no no i don't think i, don't I want think to be so. a hero <laughs> <laughs> you need to have that power that was the best part about it, it was getting your character leveled up to just mm-hmm. absolutely demolish anything that got in your way. Yep. Cool. Well, then uh, I guess we'll scrap my Jack of Blades game I was working on. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of a hero. Right. I mean, the Jack of Blades game would be pretty cool to see where he like originally came from. Cause I mean, you know, Jack of Blades in the first one, isn't the original Jack of Blades. Like mm-hmm. he was just, <laughs> some dumbass that put the mask on (laughs) (laughs) that's a good point it'd be interesting to see like what caused that yeah well he's a creature from the void he like crawled out there's three of them I get that like I wonder if it would be if they could actually 
you know, give a backstory to that, like how that came to be the way it is. You know what I mean? Mm. Where did you said the mask, right? Where did the mask come from? Right. Yeah, that would be that. That would be definitely one story that I would love to see fleshed out in a, you yeah. know, it, even in just a book. It would be cool to just be able to read up on that and know yes. where it came from. Get some mm-hmm. fable lore channels going on, right? <laughs> yep. Well, there is one. It's called like Skyrion. He's relatively new to the space. Huh. I have to check that out. Shout out to that guy. I follow you. <laughs> <laughs> Krillcast follows you. You're famous. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> anyways, uh, final thoughts. Anything else? All good? I would be, that would be a immediate pre-order the moment they announce it. One, Unless one it's like thing, real Fable quick. in Space. <laughs> There's one one little thing before we end this is anybody that wants like just a little tidbit of you know kind of like a callback a similar playstyle but not the same graphics. There's a lot of the original Lionhead Studio developers and programmers that worked on a uh, community funded uh, game called Kinseed. Yeah, I have also recommend I've got a little bit of time on that and. You can definitely feel the fable embedded mm-hmm. in there, and it, it's a good it's a good looking pixel art game to look at. I've heard some good things also about a game called Greedfall and the Outer Worlds. Like, if I heard the Outer Worlds is basically like Fable mixed with uh, Mass Effect. That's what I've heard. Yeah, I have not heard that description, but I've heard that as a very good game. Yeah. I've heard, yeah, I've heard good things about that game. I haven't heard that crossover before. I've heard that if you if you were to just play the Outer Worlds, um, there are some elements of Fable in that game somehow. I've never actually played it, so I, I can't attest <laughs> to it. I just heard somebody else that I've talked to describe it that way. So, uh, but Greedfall, Billy said that's like like a medieval Mass Effect, which sounds a lot like Fable. <laughs> so, anyways, that's all I got. Uh, we want to thank Sir Fool Plays for coming on the podcast and bearing with us. And, you know, it's in the early hours of the morning at this point. So, oh, this is nothing. <laughs> I know. It is for Will, though. So I always have thank to mention Thanks for having me, though. This was a lot of fun. And <laughs> still don't know why you had little old B on here, but I'm honored. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I actually caught a couple of your streams after a certain somebody told me that you were doing streams. Um, and uh, if you want to give her a shout out, that's up to you. But. Oh, Mom, I love you. Thank you for introducing me to Chris. <laughs> and Will, it was nice to meet you, man. Yeah, nice to meet you, too. It was a lot of fun. If you ever need to have a fill-in, don't hesitate to hit me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely keep you in line as a backup like Billy and Tim. Um, <laughs> we got a few because Will sometimes, you know, just ducks out on me and, like, yeah. can't, can't get a hold of him <laughs> I, for a weekend. I can only take so much of Chris. So. <laughs> No, we really appreciate you coming on and spending your time with us when you could have been spending it streaming on your mixer or anything else, mm-hmm. right? No, appreciate it. And we'll make <laughs> no sure we drop you a watch every once in a while like we've been doing. And mm-hmm. um, love, to see you grow. love to see you grow on Mixer. So, as always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. I'm Sir Fool. And we will see you. On next Krillcast. Bye, guys.